Hey, it's Templeton again with another Mostly Skateboarding sticker commercial. I realize I never told you about the actual stickers. They're three inch black vinyl squares with white text. They look just like our podcast logo. So when you make a donation of at least $10 to the Kevin Wilkins Fund, I'll send you six stickers. That's five to stick and one for your sticker collection. So donate at least $10 to the Kevin Wilkins Fund, forward your receipt to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com along with your mailing address, and I'll send you some stickers. You can find the link to donate in this week's show notes. So now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about Weekend. But first, Big Brother Magazine. The one-time Big Brother publisher Larry Flint died this week and had us looking back at the magazine that captured so much of that moment in skating. Jason, do you remember your first Big Brother experience? Oh, uh, how could I forget? It was... Like summer of uh, 19, I mean, spring of 1993, went to my local at the time, Classic Boards, Emerson, Virginia, and they had Big Brother number five, which was the one with uh, Pancho Muller on the cover doing a frontside nose slide, like at Rockefeller Center or something. And it was really small. It had the small uh, form factor, kind of like slap, like Big Brother changed like size, like every issue. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. It blew my mind because, like, Slap was kind of like a cool zine or whatever. You know, Big Brother was like, you knew they were trying to make the most techni- technologically advanced magazine in the world. You know what I mean? They had all the, uh, the video grabs. I thought the video grabs looked cool. Actually, pe- people hate them now, but I thought they looked cool and, like, futuristic and shit. And uh, they kind of created their own, like, world with a bunch of characters. Like, there was like, Sean Cliver, Mark McKee, Jeff Germain, Rick Kosick to a certain extent and definitely a Earl Parker. So yeah, it was uh it was definitely a vibe for sure. A vibe indeed. Mike, do you remember your first Big Brother experience? I honestly don't. And what's uh kind of perfect about it is that, you know, a couple a couple episodes of this podcast ago, I created the term transworld ass skater and I am a transworld ass skater in terms of like my first magazine was a transworld this is 1995 now. Thrasher was not good at that point in time. So, like, I got a bunch of Transworlds. I digested those. I'd kind of look at Thrashers. And I don't know if um, a lot of shops in town, or where I was going at least, had Big Brother. So the by the time I got Big Brother, I think it was, you know, I was older. And I think Larry Flint already owned it. And so by that time, I think it was a different thing. So I honestly don't remember my first time. What about you, Templeton? Yeah, I, for me, it was like, um, I'm trying to look up uh, the year, but it was issue 17, and some friends got it at Endless Grind Skate Shop in Raleigh, North Carolina. We didn't have access to uh, any cool skate shops where I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So it was kind of like this thing that we'd heard about and we knew it was like the cool thing with like, you know, lots of bad stuff happening in it. And, um, but we just, (laughs) we couldn't find it. We didn't have a way to get it. And, you know, I guess we weren't willing to like ask mom and dad for the credit card to get a subscription or whatever. But yeah, it was issue 17 and it it had like some road trip with like, I remember Barra and Deerdick were in it and like they dressed up like cowboys uh, oh, that and, was the um. I think that was a New Orleans road trip. Yeah, exactly. Article when they went to uh, Mardi Gras. That that's a good feature. As yeah, well. Classic exactly. Feature. 
so yeah, that was my first exposure to it. And I just remember it being just like, uh, kind of like a Holy Grail type thing, you know? And I think that was just like, at the time, there were a lot of things like that, you know, like you had to really like search to find like, you know, a certain album or whatever. So like when you, when you got it, it was really special. So I read, you know, Big Brother 17 quite a few times. Um, <laughs> And it wasn't even my magazine. It was like a, a magazine that belonged to a friend that was just like passed around like as a, a sacred text almost. Did it ha- did Seventeen have boobs in it? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Mardi Gras, of course. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> a dumb question. <laughs> there are no bad questions except that one. <laughs> yeah, no, they, had, they had a bunch of wild shit in there. Like they went to a, a porno convention in Vegas. Are you talking Seventeen perspective? Uh, oh no no this was in like the first 10 like the first 10 issues are like the classic big brother then they were they were still very very solid until 20 tony was good and then i forget at which issue um flint publications took over i think it was like some somewhere between 20 and 30 ish yeah yeah i had a subscription while it was under the flint um umbrella but um, I, I feel like it was still a, a quality magazine, even under Larry Flint. I think that oh, yeah, sure. Larry Flint like actually toned Big Brother down from where it was, which is pretty How insane. ironic. Yeah. But it, it was interesting to see that change and see like, oh, instead of like some random chick, there's like uh, like a professional porn actress in this photo and like high quality porn photos instead of just like yeah random drunk girls being naked except the random porn chicks had like stickers covering up their nipples strange times <laughs> strange yeah, to talk I mean, about another cool thing about it was like in that first issue that i got issue number five that was the one with uh the two richard Mueller ads like the foundation one and the world one with like when they like quote unquote stole him or whatever. And he was like riding away in Rocco's nine eleven or whatever, you know? And like, I didn't really know the backstory of the whole Rocco Todd Swank feud or whatever that fucking, you know, cause you know, knew not, there was no industry. You know what I mean? I had no knowledge of the industry or whatever, you know, backstory no, there was, but I, no, I knew no levels of slap board. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, there was no slap board. Uh, there was nothing. There was maybe the alt dot skateboard Usenet group, Ooh. but I'll, but I wasn't, I wasn't up on, I wasn't up on that yet. Actually, I, that probably existed because using that probably goes back to like ninety-one. But anyway, I I knew it was like a bunch of inside jokes and shit that like I didn't get, but were like still pretty awesome at the time. And like, did have y'all seen the um the Big Brother documentary on Hulu or whatever, Amazon Prime or one of those fucking things? Yeah, for sure. And I have not. Oh, I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling left out. But yeah, it's worth the. Uh, 30-day free trial or whatever. Word. Yeah, linked in the show notes, obviously. Uh, it's a great watch. Yeah, and they talk about how it was basically like a zine, and they would, yeah, they would just write whatever, like 90210 updates, and Clabber would write those. Yeah, I was looking at, like, a, um, I found, I think, the first issue online as a PDF. The first, like, handful of issues actually were online. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. And the first issue is looking pretty rough. There's actually even a space that it just says, this space intentionally left <laughs> blank. <laughs> well. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God, pretty wild. Um, but also pretty great that it like kind of, 
became a springboard for so many people's careers and ended up being this kind of iconic magazine in skateboarding. Yeah, it's it's also kind of what made me like a world kid for life because I kind of saw saw into into the factory. You know what I mean behind the factory doors, and you know it was almost they built this whole universe. Like they're always skating like in Venice or Barrel, like the same spots in that area, and there were all the characters and shit. So yeah, it definitely made World Industries, which I actually thought it was like a big like corporate company, but I think they were really working out of like a some like uh nondescript corporate head like office building or something in some office park by the airport which is pretty funny right right because you're a kid you're like oh world industries it must be a big you know fucking company with a big like factory in, in, in like a high-rise or something but international company yeah exactly yeah the worldwide international company so that was pretty gnarly yeah and uh that kind of leads me into like another interesting thing about big brother or really about all the magazines in skateboarding is that they're they're all the product of a uh, hard goods manufacturer or, or brand that's just like wanting to sell more stuff. Big Brother came out of World, uh, Transworld came out of Tracker, and um, Thrasher came from Independent Trucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was the, uh, I'm trying to think of the origin story. Like Transworld, they, they go into it in the documentary, but like Transworld wouldn't run one of Rocco's ads. Maybe it was like the uh, Gabriel Rodriguez one where like he was trying some front side 360 or something and like he had a gun or something. <laughs> it, and then like he wrote this big like essay. He would always have these ads in trans where that was just like a, a wall of text or whatever. That yeah. was sick. And it had a big essay about it. And then, they, yeah, they started it. It was like, oh, you're not going to run my ad. I'll start my own fucking magazine or whatever. So there you go. Which is a pretty boss move. Oh, yeah. Just be like, I'm just going to start my own magazine. It's also such a, like a old, old, old media move too, where it's like you can just do that, and you know you'll find your own your your own entire lane. I don't know. Uh, one of the things, like again, Transworld as skater here. Like what strikes me is that Big Brother was so much the internet before the internet didn't exist, and uh, maybe maybe I'm like getting too far ahead of the conversation, but it's like. We couldn't we in, in the the text chain that we have for the show like we couldn't we couldn't remember if Big Brother had a website and you know like a Big Brother website is redundant to a Big Brother magazine in a lot of ways because it was like internet content pushing the limits like shit you couldn't get anywhere else without the magazine until the internet came along. Right, like you would never know about the Bong Olympics if it weren't for Big Brother. <laughs> yeah like it was almost kind of like a blog or whatever in a way like well first of all they had like the industry news section like the rumors or whatever at the front which was i don't know how accurate those were anyway but they would just have random like essays or whatever by like justin gerard like justin gerard wrote this like again another wall of text like people used to write walls of text in those days like right you know what i mean sometimes you see them on instagram but I don't know if people, like, wrote more or, like, pay more attention to school. Anyway, yeah, there was always some, like, random essay by, like, Justin Gerard or Rodney or someone, you know. It was just kind of like a blog where they would, like, throw a whole bunch of stuff, like, whatever they were interested in at the time. And then, like, Earl Parker, they kind of let him run free, you know. Definitely one of the most unique writers in the annals of skateboard journalism. Certainly. 
I feel like when I was looking at Big Brother, I was not like a huge reader. I was just more into like the visuals and, you know, I'd listen, I'd read the captions, but not necessarily like the full article about like, uh, I don't know, like how to kill yourself or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, just, like how to, how to do this, how to do that. Yeah, like just the fact that it was there, you know, served its purpose of just being like um, controversial and made me feel like cool just for having it and just for like knowing about it yeah i mean the uh yeah speaking of the crazy how-to articles one of my favorites was they did an article on how to make a fake id and it was ridiculous because they were using like a scanner and like the most top of the line macintosh at the time which was probably like (laughs) 30 30 grand or something you know what i mean their whole setup at the time was like 50 grand and it was just ridiculous and i think they just did it for the purpose of another article, which was so they could take Earl Parker out drinking on the strip or whatever, which was, which is one of my favorite big brother features of all time. Cause like they had this infographic of how much he drank and he had like, you know, like five little shots of Jägermeister, five vodka tonics or whatever, which is awful. It's like awful. <laughs> the worst, po- <laughs> worst possible combination. No but doubt. yeah, just like random, you know, shit about living in LA. Oh, real quick. Uh, I'd made a, Real quick, top five favorite Big Brother features of all time. Uh, one, uh, the aforementioned Earl Parker, how to make a fake ID and uh, adult fun, like drinking on the strip article. Two was like the washed up pros article where they interviewed a bunch of washed up pros. And like the background graphic was like literally every 80s pros name, even like Tony Hawk and stuff in like these. <laughs> I don't know. So that was kind of funny. And then Earl Parker wrote this article about it was really like ab- abstract and out there about la and like you know gabriel and all the menace guys and shit i forget what issue that was in that was pretty cool they did this one article where like ken this girl kendra who i think was like the receptionist or salesperson for foundation at the time went on a blind date with keith keith Huffnagle, rp keith Huffnagle. that was that was pretty funny certainly certainly didn't see that shit in trans world certainly not yeah it's kind of like jenkum before um, yeah jenkum What's the thing? Yeah, just kind of like I think it was Dave Carn Dave Carney said I forget in what interview it was like yeah Transworld was like a eunuch of a magazine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is I love Transworld. Like I got I don't think I ever subscribed to it. But like definitely had dope interviews and photos or whatever. But that was a pretty funny like uh, metaphor. <laughs> anyway, number five was the uh, like the prank call cassette tape. I think it was an eight or nine. They sent you this tape of like well one side was like audio of like the Shiloh Greyhouse interview from the same issue but also they like prank called Grasso, R.I.P. Grasso and like all these other people and stuff. It was pretty funny. So that's a top five Big Brother features of all time. Yeah, link to the show notes also. I think we've linked to that previously. It's definitely an interesting listen these days. I I wonder how Big Brother would go over today. You know, like I feel like it, it pushed a lot of boundaries and part of me feels like we've pushed so many boundaries since then that like some of this stuff isn't shocking but talking about it now it still seems pretty shocking and seems like there's still some uh cancelable stuff in there mike what do you think do you think um big brother could survive now without getting canceled so much that was envelope pushing about that magazine wouldn't be now but then the things that didn't seem like a big deal when we were reading it 20 to 25 years ago uh would absolutely be just like no dice 
you know, it it had casual homophobic stuff that was just not that big of a deal in context back in the day. And then the stuff that I think was taken more shockingly, like that parents would <laughs> call local TV stations about is stuff that is just run of the day internet stuff. So, you know, it, it the culture has changed absolutely. And uh, again, I think it's like, I don't, I don't think big brothers like all that titillating in internet culture of today, <laughs> at least for sure. You know, how well it would have done X years ago, X numbers of years ago is anybody's call. But yeah, I, I think it was very much of its time and place in the culture and it would be very different now, which goes for so many things. But yeah. Yeah, I really do think it was just like of its time. And I mean, maybe it would have evolved and to be something different now. But um, yeah, a lot of that shit just wouldn't fly these days. Yeah. Um, at the Yeah, it's weird. Cause like at the beginning, it was kind of under the radar, like, I guess it was distributed to like skate tops or whatever. And that one article people called in an, into a news station that was pretty uh, infamous, but yeah, maybe that was like the how to kill yourself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The how to kill yourself. Part. But, but yeah, a lot of the stuff like with like the girls who like might've been underage or something that might've been, you know what I mean? People use the term cancel like too much and I kind of don't believe in it, but that, yeah, that might be like way beyond shit in the culture now just like the tour hijinks and whatnot in in some of the features but yeah just some of it was pretty like stuff you can find on the internet like people forget how hard it was to get porn before the internet (laughs) yeah i remember hearing um chris narako talk about back in the day when it was hard to get porn he would just like he worked at, at big brother so had access to all this porn and would like roll up on tour and like (laughs) <laughs> distribute porn in in, uh, in exchange for other things that uh, he'd be getting a, a very good rate of return on. Yeah, these days forget about it. Value porn's way down. Totally, yeah, <laughs> way it's, down. It's, yeah, it's in the gutter. I mean, <laughs> if you there's if you think about the volume of porn content that's made, I mean, they could they can probably just stop. Like, there's probably enough porn for like a hundred thousand years or something. Can can I just ask, like maybe maybe Jason, maybe you know what are, what are Chris Narako's skate bona fides? Oh, um, what the fuck was he ever in skating? Because he like it, it was always a red herring to me. Okay, let me think. Because he's a friend of a friend. He did a skate shop, and the skate yeah, shop's NJ, red. But yeah, like, NJ what, skate shop. Like, can he kickflip? Oh, um, can I he don't shove know. it? <laughs> he could probably kickflip and shove it. Like, yeah, I think he, I think he skated uh, in the day in uh, Central New Jersey. I, I so, feel like he, probably. I feel like he must have skated. I remember uh, <laughs> Red Bull like did something where they gave shops a bunch of money um, to like build stuff, and he built a bunch of ledges at his home. So I, I feel like you wouldn't do that if you didn't actually want to skate those ledges in your own driveway. Yeah, based on. What I've heard again, he's a friend of a friend. He, uh, yeah, he used to skate in the day, like eighty-eight to ninety-one or whatever. I'll have to reach Kicks. out and see if see if he in can se- uh, kickflip for in us in Central New Jersey. What's he? What are those guys up to these days? I mean, that whole crew. Like, uh, I mean, they go into it in the documentary. Like, they all kind of like 
blew up. Except, I mean, except for Owen Parker. Yeah, I think a lot of them went on to be, um, yeah, be real successful with Jackass, and then uh, you know various other TV careers. Jackass Four coming soon, <laughs> right? Apparently. Do we even need that anymore? I feel like again, yeah. the internet has uh, you know solved that problem. We we can get dumb pranks of any like you know you can dial dial the um, gross factor or uh, cringe factor however you like on your internet um, debauchery or yeah I mean but, or but like that brand like the jackass brand is so strong like it'll it, it'll probably do numbers I think yeah oh, that's uh, true. I saw, you know, somebody tweeted, anybody who was on Jackass is a better athlete than Tom Brady. <laughs> that shit was amazing. That's quite uh, a claim. Yeah, yeah ran, uh, ran, I just randomly saw on Twitter today, like, I don't know if this is uh, verifiable or not, but, like, Bam, there's someone tweeted that Bam was calling for people to boycott Jackass 4 because he got fired. <laughs> I don't know. Jackass 4 is a thing? It's a thing, yeah. They're, uh... I think I saw a trailer for it. Pretty sure it's a thing. But, but like, yeah, Cliver, I think he's involved in that somehow. Like, Dmitry Yaskovich, he's uh, involved in that whole production company or whatever. I think Jeff Tremaine is, uh, isn't he, like, a legit Hollywood director now or something? I, I think he's legit Hollywood something. Yeah. Like that. So, yeah, like, it's That's weird. That, it's weird that Jackass started just by, like, as a weird, like, goofy feature in the magazine like just shooting uh, Johnny Knoxville with a taser or whatever and, and like a 38 spe- or you know whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, an actual gun video, like 38 sp- little snub nose uh, yeah and then like yeah he blew the fuck up and yeah Jackass blew, Jackass blew the fuck up and like I guess that's you know how people think about it like oh it's this little skate magazine like gave birth to Jackass or whatever it's pretty wild, like, to get that group of people together, and, you know, it seems like Rocco is just like, you guys make a magazine, make whatever you want, and they they made a magazine, you know, it's like a pro-ass magazine, at, at like a certain point, it became a pro-ass magazine, and then it became jackass, you know, a legit TV show and legit movie, That that's like pretty amazing, because those first issues were just like DIY as shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really rad. One of one of the things that always got me about maybe at least I don't want to say Big Brother because it was obviously a skateboard magazine, but a lot of the dudes involved with it, it's like again, it goes back to my question about Naraco, like what are these dudes skate bona fides? Bona fides, bona fides. Who knows how you actually say that word? But it's like, yeah, you can ask ask a lot of like questions about a dude's dick and like do you jack <laughs> off okay cool like i i guess i i always was left wondering like what do these dudes actually have to do with skating like jeff tremaine can he kickflip uh not that yeah, that's like I, yeah i th- i think in the early issues they made fun of the fact that he didn't grow up skating or skate i i guess it's just like it works within skateboarding but why are these dude uh, why are these dudes driving forces some point or another within this thing that you know i guess unless you're creating like a funny ass magazine like unless you skate we don't we don't give a shit what you have to say it it always seemed like a weird a weird dynamic to me yeah like johnny knoxville i don't think he's really a skater i mean i might be wrong but yeah i I feel like he's not a skater 
that is really interesting and yeah maybe that's something we should just yell at like anybody in the skate industry it's like do a kickflip fuck man i hate hate that dynamic actually like maybe uh slash grind or do a bad slide shove it but like give us something give us something but yeah from that core group like cliver definitely skated like he did graphics for powell for years before he was even hired by rocco to do graphics like mckee forget his origin story but he's I think, yeah, he's a scare. So, yeah, it was weird when they brought in all the jackass stuff. Like, I really wasn't it. I was like, what? This is dumb. Like, I just want to see skate shit, you know? But there you go. Well, like, what about our former co-worker, Templeton, uh, Dave Carney? Like, he's our former colleague, <laughs> which is crazy to say. Um, he, was, know, of... he was pro. He was pro for uh, Whalecock Skateboards. That was his own brand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But, I mean, like, you know, he, he did a lot of, like, thoughtful writing, and I think a lot of a lot of people, like, were genuine fans at Big Brother. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, I feel like, just thinking about it, it's like, who else, like, what other, like, photographers and whatnot do I not know anything about their, like, skate origins, you know? It's pretty weird. But again, like, I, I don't know, like, I guess it's okay. Like, if if you're putting out legit stuff in your uh like chosen field within skateboarding then that's really what matters right yeah did, well did george powell skate he never yeah george, he never skated right george powell. fausto vitello you know he was like a <laughs> you know so many of these dudes were just like tinkerers who wanted to figure out like i don't know <laughs> whoa there's skateboard trucks like i'll fucks with that like i want to i want to make a better one i don't know I I feel like the earlier folks kind of get a pass because, like, there wasn't a skateboard industry to, like, come up in. Or, like, like, I don't know. I mean, like, those guys made what we do possible by, like, inventing good trucks. Well, and I think of, you know, the NBA commissioner is Adam Silver. Adam Silver has never dunked. He's a lawyer. But he can run, you know, the NBA and... All its dynamics. I don't know. It skateboarding might be a different beast until like fifteen years later when it's not. But yeah, uh, maybe because I'm a trans world ass skater, like I never quite vibed with late model Big Brother. Like when <laughs> I thought its design was kind of whack, and you know, you, you you got the white issue, you got the whatever issue. I don't know. I never vibed with it. It, it, it was just kind of like Transworld's better. Thrasher is kind of weak, but this shit's better too. And like, at least Thrasher's photos are printed better. I don't know. I never saw any of Big Brother in its heyday. And so, I have yeah, no, it's like, kind of like uh, I have no key like, memory. Yeah, it's like you had you had to be there. Ugh, you know what I mean? I, I do just, know what you mean. You had to sure. be there. That's so much of skating. That's so much of, like, world industries, which was Big Brother. Yeah, I mean, I imagine kids kids these days probably feel that way about, like, girl or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, girls, girls coming back. They got the hot new am. Which one? Hair Carrera. That's chocolate. Yeah, yeah, girl chocolate, girl tap, same thing. Yeah. 
With a red blazer and cocaine-fueled hits, The Weeknd stepped out onto the Super Bowl halftime stage to... Oh, oh shit. Uh, wrong weekend. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> anyway, uh, Skateboarding's Weekend packed their van and hit the road with a bunch of their new faces for Van Down, their latest production playing on Thrasher. Mike, uh, what would you think of the video? I really enjoyed it. It is Weekend. Consistently has great videos, great music supervision i have no idea who any of the skaters are for their company now that alexis sablone is no longer with them um do you know i like that big dude but you know, christian Maloof. Stuff? is that his name yeah 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 that guy's jordan taylor i feel like jordan taylor is the big well, dude christian jordan, Maloof is the well, front side oh, flipper oh, come on yeah. dude jordan jordan taylor is jordan taylor is pretty known and he's not necessarily a big dude he's just kind of a shorter dude but um, who was it? Nikolai Piombo. He has he has the shell toes and whatnot. He gave off like serious Planet Earth rhythm vibes that I enjoyed. Dude rips. He did that like frontside blunt slide on a flat bar that went around a corner. Yeah, that was very cool. Oh yeah. And I, yeah. I feel like your Planet Earth rhythm vibes is such a like dead on assessment. Dude, uh, and it's good. It, it's honestly good because it's like so much light wash denim, little baggier, legacy shoe companies, which uh, Piombo had on lock. Like, well, the thing about it is that Weekend, without having two companies under its umbrella, like all the dudes look the same in a way that is good. What do you guys think? Yeah. Jason. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, that was in my notes, actually. Uh, that un- that planet Earth uniform, like baggy, like acid wash jeans and like a medium T-shirt, like not super baggy or whatever. A crew. That yeah, that's and like some shelters or whatever. That's back. Like last year or like the year before, all the dudes on weekend were like like tiny beanie, like high waters chucks or whatever. I don't know if that's out the window or whatever, but yeah, definitely had like the planet Earth like nineteen ninety four uniform back. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Like I, uh, I don't think I've ever purchased any uh, weekend uh, materials, but I'm always stoked on their their video output. And I think Dang, their graphics you're done are with good. This topic already you said stoked. Sorry. <laughs> yep, and that brings us to the end of yeah. our show. Forty five um, seconds on weekend. <laughs> uh, it'd make me stoked on editing. It'd be nice and uh, nice and quick. <laughs> Quit saying stoked on. We, we, we're, we're, um, we're conditioned. Shit, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think Pavlovian. that... I think that Weekend consistently does cool, good shit, really creative. The Tom Karangalov American Psycho parody that came out like maybe a couple months ago was so good. Oh, yeah. And like I don't even like that kind of shit. Like I just want to see skating. But it was so good, so well executed. You know, huge props to um, Grant and the team. And then the Scandinavian crew, I've always thought that the Scandinavians uh, skate in a rad way with cool spots. So it's cool that they have the little contingent over there that they can make videos about. Did you guys watch the Weekend Taj videos back in the day from the barracks? Can't say that I did. I don't think so. Was that just like a Grant Yansura thing? Yeah, it was a Grant Yansura thing, which I think is kind of like the basis for this company, which I I always think it's cool when a crew 
kind of well i don't actually think it's that cool when a crew becomes a company but i think that it gives a company more um i don't know more of a story more of a thing to buy into yeah a brand like a, a brand narrative as they say yeah exactly i think that's you know that's kind of what girl and chocolate was you know it was a crew of friends that got together and formed a company and then same with weekend yeah it's, it's funny i think I think they've had a lot of turnover last year. Like Caleb McNeely was on. Now he's on Crooked. Mentioned Alexis. I think Toby Bennett um, from right here in Virginia was on for a while. And he's not listening to this video, so he's probably off. He's probably uh, he's probably got something in the works because he's like a fucking ripper. But yeah, it seems like they brought some new dudes on. And um, yeah, they ripped, so. But I think they still have like say, who's like the core like the core dudes. It's probably like Christian Maloof. Let's let's head to the website and see if we can find. A yeah, one one that's... of their one of their strengths I feel like is that under like not called to be like who's on weekend. I could come up with someone, but you know they've cultivated the thing where it's mostly just like people who are of our vibe. That's who on. Yeah, <laughs> that's who's on yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think that the churn is good because you don't have like, I think that the girl had like too strong of a team where any new guy felt weird. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, like everybody's old. Yeah. But with this, it's just like there's always like people coming and going. So it just always feels like weekend. Yeah. Or it yeah, feels like true. like one person isn't weekend. Weekend is just the brand. Yeah. That's the pants the, and the, the hair. <laughs> I have yeah. hair that could get me on weekend. Well, the hair wouldn't get me on weekend. It's uh, what's the most weekend clip I could film? Like, like frontside uh, tail slide, something tall, and then like I don't know. It has to be in some weird L.A. neighborhood. I like no yeah, place. it has to be in like some cutty L.A. neighborhood, like like a yeah. ride on, like a ride on frontside tail slide, frontside shove it out or something. Yeah, going like pretty fast, pretty fast, and then I don't, I don't actually have a trick in my repertoire to follow that up. Like nolly heel maybe, fakey on like a crusty asphalt bank. Yeah, maybe there's a crusty mig nearby. You could uh, nolly heel flip the fakey on. God damn it! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. But yeah, like all we're saying, I was doing some uh, rudimentary internet research before this podcast, and like they don't even list names on the website. Yeah, and they don't even have that many pro boards. Yeah, they get uh, like Krangelov, Alex Smith, Carson Kleppen, couple other dudes. But uh, although they might not have names on their website, but they did kind of like list the guys in the video with like a little clip or whatever at the end, which I appreciated. I like that. Yeah, that was that was, that was good. That's kind of a happy medium between like the oh, have to have the. First and last name at the beginning of everyone's part and like the trend of like no names. I feel like I would like it at the beginning and the end just because like I need it at the beginning to know who I'm dealing with and then I need it at the end to be like, oh, okay, I like that dude. Yeah, to review. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. I did like that guy. (laughs) There he is. Or gal, you know. Right. That video is really good. It is. And I like... I think Weekend makes great videos, and I think that good videos is maybe the most important thing that a skateboard company can do. Because can you think about a print ad that, a Weekend print ad? Tell me about a Weekend ad in print that comes to memory. 
from your memory. I remember one that Matt Price shot. It was like Shit. somebody doing a heel flip to like, we'll just say wall ride. It's like off a, a great bump into like a 45 degree angle slant. And it's shot backside like all, front all close and cool. Uh, oh, I believe is it's backside. That, is that that heel flip wall ride that's in the video? No, no. This is a while ago. Oh, is that like a trend heel foot wall rides? I, it's probably the same dude. Oh yeah. So there, His that's name like we a, don't know. Yeah. Got that shit <laughs> yeah. down. But it's so clearly a weekend uh, thing, a weekend rider, weekend ad. Yeah, I I kind of thinking back to uh, last few thrashers or whatever. Kind of think their uh, their print ads are pretty straightforward, like trick, blah blah blah, like a black page and the weekend logo. But like, yeah, like you said, their video content is. Uh, I don't, yeah, no one's really fucking with it with the skits. Like, who else is making like funny ass skits like that? Yeah, I don't think anybody is. And it, it like it's a testament to them that they can do, they can pull off a skit. Big testament. Yeah, I was wa- <laughs> I was watching it. And I was like, man, these guys are like, they're really like fucking acting. You know, this is crazy. Not in even you know way better than like you remember the acting in like uh, what's gonna call it Animal Chin. <laughs> we're going all the way back this is like way way beyond that they're yeah they're actually like doing acting stuff a lot of you listeners have just been born <laughs> we'll link to animal chin in the show notes <laughs> i'm not there. going that i'm not going that old you know like yeah yeah animal, yeah, animal chin is pretty old damn i've never watched animal chin all the way through i have no no me it. neither no that's not I, I don't think i've ever watched a powell video all the way through except for maybe like celebrity tropical fish suburban no what's what uh, uh mike no mike santarosa had the first part and he skated a steely dan do it again that's i own that one yeah once after celebrity tropical fish i kind of lost track of the of the powell video Man, you guys are missing out. It was one of the great video. So was public domain. What was that? Oh, I was just gonna say, um, (laughs) George Powell supported this episode. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I think this is probably the first time we're talking about George George Powell. (laughs) I think it is. Actually, you guys, those videos are great. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, just get a text from George, Mike. But what yeah, that Mike that Mike Santa Rosa part uh, that was in like mid nineties Powell, and like the interesting thing about them was they actually gave their writers health insurance. Yeah, I think so. That, it, it was like, whoa, that's crazy. They're giving their writers fucking health insurance. I, I'm sure Gershon mostly had a had a part in that video, and it's like they were doing the bone Swiss, so like the Switzerland flag kind of cross looking thing. Yeah, that whole on brain. a red board. I thought that I love that board. But whatever that era was, and I know Grishan had a had a part in that video too. Although I bet you there's some pretty dope uh, Pachinita parts if you scrounge up some '90s Powell videos because that guy was a beast for sure. Yeah. In terms of like being a technician and shit, and like landing crazy tech shit bolts, like yeah, Pachi, yeah, might it's a snowy weekend, so I might look up some old Pachinita parts. Yeah, well, you might be uh, stoked about what you find. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Like I was a fucking stone cold ripper. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on venture trucks out of San Francisco, California. And uh, the bus crew 
from right here is from Virginia, who I think last year came out with their own venture truck collab. They just dropped an edit with um, Bobby Ward. It's basically like a minute and a half of raw footage of Bob Skane Pulaski. But like here on this website, like Pulaski Bob footage is pretty much high up there on the pyramid of footage. So that's pretty fucking tight. We're stoked on that. Also, um, Jeff Campbell is from Melbourne, I believe. Uh, I think he filmed that. Australia? Yes, Melbourne, Australia. I think he filmed that Nike Australia video that was so sick Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. He just dropped another edit called uh, Dill Slinger. It's like eight minutes long. Has a lot of the same dudes. And apparently Melbourne has infinite spots because there's a bunch of sick spots in there that weren't in that aforementioned Nike video. And uh, who's that kid? Yeah, Ben Laurie. That kid's fucking amazing. He's probably next to blow in Australia or anywhere. He's for sure next to blow up because he just won the Slam uh, Australian Skater of the Year. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so definitely stoked on that little web edit as well. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on this week a Village Psychic feature that actually um, featured my buddy of like, eh, let's say 25 years, Dan Jackson. It's called Can You Repeat That? And uh, so Dan Jackson is old as dirt when it comes to skating, but also obsessive. I think he's 48 and was this year when he filmed this village psychic thing called Can You Repeat That? Which was a, a line at the Hennepin County Government Center in downtown Minneapolis. He did a kickflip up the two stair. Frontside 180 over a over a thing. They say thing just because if once you watch the video, you'll see why. He did a switch heel flip and a switch backside 180 down a five stair. I think I'm like burying the lead in saying that like the can you repeat that for him was that he first did that line in like the early 90s and he repeated it. I guess I'm blowing the blowing the end, but. He repeated it again this year and like for one thing Dan has an incredible Minnesota accent and another thing it's just great that he well is obviously like a big inspiration and motivation for me to keep skating and also pushing myself because he is in his late 40s and crushing it. He's actually like better than he was five years ago which is annoying because I sure as hell ain't. So that's what I'm stoked on. Not not to be petty, but Dan Jackson is a ripper and enviously so. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Um, before I get to what I'm stoked on, I'll just kind of like uh, second your your uh, stoked on the. Can you repeat that? Like I don't know Dan Jackson, so like he was just like a random dude to me in this video, and I found the video to be really entertaining. Uh, and also impressive so definitely go check that out as for me i'm stoked on my new box i feel like uh the box is kind of like the greatest skate obstacle one can build so i'm like stoked to have a little box of my own i grabbed a piece of granite from when silas baxter neal's park was being uh torn down so, it, so I've got this tiny shit. little box. It's like 46 inches long. 
because that's the size of the piece of granite that I got. And I just had this little little box with granite on it, and I'm uh, I'm stoked about that's it. A good box. Yeah, not, it, it's not, a little short. I will say not four feet, not four feet long, forty six inches long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could could be a little longer, but it's uh, pretty easy to put in the back of the Subaru and take it to a parking deck. Yeah, on the yeah I'd say, damn, I gotta <clears throat> I gotta fix mine up. It's uh, pretty decrepit at the moment. I got a bunch of wood and metal and skate light. So yeah, skate lights the. Yeah, that's a big one. That's, yeah, top. that's premium. You got a premium box if you got skate light on there. <laughs> Same deal. I got it when some skateboard was getting torn down. They're like, hey, you want all these sheets of skate light? I'm like, yeah, sure. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I am on Twitter at M Munzenrider. It's all phonetic. Uh, also the same handle on Instagram. So there you go. Uh, where art thou, Jason from Carbonite? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994. On Instagram at Frozen Carbonite. And writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Templeton, where can the people find you? I am on Instagram at Mostly Skate and on Twitter at Mostly Skateboarding. See you guys next week. Later. Jason from Carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> Jason.